You're listening to the Wheel of Time TV podcast with Jay Florence. How was your guys' New Year's? It was I, good. I hung out with a cat. Yeah. It was good. I wanted to play a game. We'll see if it works out. Although Andrew messed up the bowl. <laughs> Everyone, take a name from the bowl and then you have to tell what that person's New Year's resolution is. Um, I'm not gonna look. In character or out of character? Like what I want their resolution to be or what they're no, like? No, what you think their res- resolution is. Yeah, say who it is and say so-and-so's resolution is. Okay, so I think men, I have men Farshaw. I think men's resolution, I mean, are we going from like, based on what we know through the whole series or are we going based on what we know through the first couple books? No spoilers. I'm not going to tell this part. I just want to know where she, what she knows. Okay, you can do the whole series if it doesn't involve spoilers. All right, so I think that I think their New Year's resolution is just to uh, never let a man drag her to do a whole bunch of shit she doesn't want to do anymore again. She's never going to let that happen again. Okay. You want to go? My go. Sure. Um, Mr. Salvier's New Year's resolution is to eat far less honey cakes. Moraine's New Year's resolution is to sleep with Suan. That's a good Again. Role. Again. <laughs> Resume their pillowy relationship. Pillowy dalliance? Pillowy dalliance. Yeah. Andrew, who'd you get? I think Leandrin's New Year's resolution is a two-parter. It's to have great eyebrows and to give a body massage to the dark one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good job. Eyebrow- eyebrows on fleek. So picking up from where we left off last week, we played Kill, Mary Fuck. Someone on Twitter picked it up and said this is a great way to profile fans. So we did a poll to see between uh, Rand, Matt, and Perrin who would fans kill, marry, and fuck. Um, so it was close. It was a one-vote difference. The number one was kill Perrin, marry Matt, and fuck Rand. What? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. That wasn't the number one. Yeah, 33 votes. <laughs> Colin's going on Twitter. Checking right now. Um, <laughs> with 32 votes and a close second is kill Rand, marry Perrin, and fuck Matt. Yes. Which that does seem more one. logical. So Mary, Mary Matt? I think that's exactly what I chose when we when I asked that question. And it makes no sense to me. Fans have spoken. Kill Perrin. <laughs> All right, so in this week, uh, we got a few more casting announcements. I'm sure you guys saw they announced Alana Mazvani and her two warders. Mm-hmm. Any that, or- was an, that was an interesting one that was announced, I thought. Yeah, it was a casual mic drop, and they also announced that they are switching from Wheel of Time Wednesday announcements to a rolling basis of like whenever they have news. Well, I think I- it was announced because it was leaked. Oh. So they confirmed it. It was leaked by, uh, by deadline first. And then by Dateline, Deadline. Oh, Deadline. Based off of the CVs and the um, the casting, the casting agencies exactly. And talent. Um, so it was leaked yeah. by Deadline first, and then 
I guess Willow Time, mm-hmm. Amazon just confirmed it because it was already leaked. But I do think like Amazon now that they're going to be adding so much more cast and more information is going to be getting out. So I think that's why they're saying we're not going to relegate to Wheel of Time Wednesday. We're yeah, just going to like let you know on a rolling basis. I think that's wise. Which is what I was saying earlier about like the longer they wait about like telling information about like who Tom is, like mm-hmm. there's su- there's susceptible yeah. to leaks and things like that. So before we get into who's playing these characters, I did want to ask you guys, Colin, I feel like I already know what you're going to say. But when I saw Alana leaked, I did wonder if they might be consolidating the characters of Varen and Alana and cutting Varen. So that Alana has a more prominent role up front. Because, uh, you know, Andrew's only read the first two books. You don't see that much of Alana. You see her in The Great Hunt and Faldara for the first time. Mm -hmm. She's part of the group that helps uh, heal Matt from the dagger. Uh, Moraine interacts with her like a little bit. She also gives Nynaeve and Egwene a bit of a channeling lesson on their way to Tarvalin. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like she doesn't have a huge role. So it could be that, you know, it's the same role as in the books. Or I'm just wondering if they're going to announce Varen soon or if they could be like, oh, you know, why can't Alana serve the same purpose as Varen? I don't think that's what's happening. Okay. I think that they're announcing Alana because they're increasing Loghain's role. And they think that Alana could be part of the retinue that's escorting Loghain through Camelon to Tarvalon. That's a good theory because the Reds do have all these warders with them. And I think we kind of wondered yeah. if they're all red, Aja bringing Loghain through Camelon. Like, why do they have all these warders? Mm-hmm. They hate men. So mm-hmm. maybe there's some greens and stuff with them. <clears throat> yeah. And I think we I mean, s- you only need one green to count for all the warders, right? Yeah, she's got two. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're just trying to sex it up for adults, just including this very attractive thruple. I think that's my logical reasoning for it. I think, obviously, I would not want them to to get rid of Varen. I wouldn't want them to combine those characters. I don't think anyone would want anyone to combine any of the characters, really. Mm -hmm. But I think there's there's a lost opportunity with trying to combine those characters. One of those being the obvious one of losing all of Varen's complexity, but the other one being the chance to give um, an older actor, an older woman, a more prominent character, which I don't think we've seen yet. Um, a character that that recurs and is quite important to the series. Also, I feel like you can't combine a brown Aja and a green Aja. Like, mm-hmm. no, no. Oh, yeah. These are two very different Ajas. Yeah. So I, I think I agree with Andrew and that they might be trying to sex it up also because the description that was, if it was leaked by deadline, it says, Alana is renowned for both her kindness and her temper. And instead of having one order like Moraine, she has two, Yvonne and Maxim. The three of them have a complicated relationship built on love, sex, and respect mm-hmm. that wields them into a fearsome force in battle. Yeah. Also, I wonder, do you think that was leaked like that description was taken from the other websites or do you think amazon gave deadline the scoop that like because that's a pretty yeah yeah i don't know i mean that's a good question i wonder if i don't know i don't know i think it's cool though if they're showing a thruple right off the bat and then we know where their mature rating is coming in yeah that's true that's a good point i wonder if they're actually going to do the first two books in one season because the more I think about it, the more I think you could probably <clears throat> easily cover the first book in the format of a TV show. Like, mm-hmm. it's a journey, but it doesn't, I don't know. Like, is it even enough to do a full season in the first book, High of the World? Yeah, because you're world building. I, I think it is. Like, I still feel like it's it's a complete story. I'm with Andrew. I don't think it's enough to fill 
a season of television. Really? You think they're going to put the entirety of both books no, into No, I don't no. know about the entirety, but I still think at least half of book two. But I, I do think it's possible to get to it. I mean, the more I think about the series and the further I get into my reread, the more I think Eye of the World is such an outlier. And to hook audiences, I would like to see more action. They can just cover so much more ground in one episode of television that things can move pretty swiftly. I don't know. I mean, I think based on, like, the last information we saw, mm-hmm. which I can't necessarily say is credible, mm-hmm. it's just the last thing we saw, is that there are eight episodes in the season. Eight is short. So eight is short. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they're doing hour and a half episodes, mm-hmm. personally, I don't think they're going to get through one and a half books in eight episodes, assuming they're an hour and a half, which I'm just making that number up. I think they're about an hour, but I, I don't know if there's eight. I feel like we have to see because they what haven't TV been shows good are about... an hour and a half? None. Well, I mean, I don't so, know. there's some out I'm just there. Make, I'm just yeah. making allowances for them trying to get yeah. as much ground covered as possible in eight episodes. If it's eight episodes, then no. It wouldn't have that much of the great hunt, but it could have some of it. We'll see. Back to the sexiness. What did you guys think uh, first seeing who they cast her, Alana, and her warders? Any your initial thoughts? They're all very good looking. I'm not right? familiar with any of them. Yeah, exactly. my initial thought, I mean, I sent to group chat, was yeah. I want to see a fucking orgy. Yeah, they're really hot. Yeah. They're all well, very not, physically attractive. Yeah. Okay, so let's take a deeper look. Alana Masvani will be played by Priyanka Bose. What a name. As we said, Alana was first encountered during the Great Hunt as part of Faldara and then on the procession to Tarvalin with Egwene and Nynaeve. Mm-hmm. Alana is Arafelin, which is a borderland nation. She's described as being a dark, fiery, slender woman of the Green Aja. Also, a beautiful woman with long black hair and penetrating dark eyes. She is known for her sort of like, I don't know if I would say temper, but like her mood swings. Yeah, she's kind of um, hot and cold Mm -hmm. very quickly. Yeah. Also, she was described as, Alana Masvani laughed and spent as much time talking about the world and men as she did teaching. Alana showed too much interest in Rand and Perrin and Matt for Egwene's comfort, though especially Rand. So what we know about Priyanka, she's an Indian actor from Delhi. It made me wonder about accents. I know we've talked about it and voice coaches and stuff. She does have um, a pretty thick Indian accent and we haven't met any era felons. So I'm curious how they're developing sort of the borderland nations because mm-hmm. her accent's really nice. I have a clip. As an actor, what do you desire that uh, the screenplay, you know, so from the moment on when I read it, it was like at, at par with everything I have ever wanted to do. And the fact is, it's such a special story. I had to make sure I had to be a part of it and do a very, very good job. <laughs> I think she has like a really lovely voice. Mm-hmm. And I can see her. She does have like an ageless quality. She I can no see her, per- on her forehead. No. <laughs> <laughs> She has no wrinkles on her forehead. She does have the Aes Sedai agelessness. Very sure. wonderful skin. But I can see her projecting authority mm. with like a glance and a look and like shifting her mood from like delighted to kind of angry mm-hmm. the way that Alana does. So the reason you may not have heard of her is uh, pretty much all of her movie credits are Indian movies. But she was in Lion. Right. And... I watched the the last scene of Lion because she's in it, and I I only watched like fourteen minutes of the movie. It's like a three hour movie. What is the movie? And, I don't even know this movie. Uh, 
It's uh, Dev Patel plays a young kid who is adopted by Nicole Kidman and... Oh, never mind. I've watched that movie. And, yeah, he basically got on a train when he was That's a little right. boy. It's a and very good movie. I forgot I watched it. Yeah. He and was, then he finds where he lives because of Google Maps. Right. He uses Google Maps to to find his birth mother yeah. um, and find his way back home. So I watched the ending where he finds his way back home. And she, uh, Priyanka, plays his mother. So I think in the movie you see her younger when he's a kid. So sad. And then you see they, you know, did aging makeup and, you know, made her an older woman. And I was Matt just looked over and I was, like, weeping. And he was like, what are you doing? Because I was just watching YouTube. And I was like, this movie is so sad <laughs> beautiful but she in in that short clip she was like, a pretty great performer so i feel really good about her as one of the first i said i we've seen yeah uh, besides moraine another interesting thing about her um i'll share this picture on our site but she's super hot mm-hmm. you can see what she looks like and she shared her stories of actual like sexual harassment as part of the me too movement which is pretty uh, harrowing. But she's, so she, you can tell she's like a very tough woman because she's had to deal with some like horrible people in Indian film industry. Mm-hmm. So she said, I was asked to bring a bikini to an audition and when I showed up, the director um, was laying down on the sofa over his trousers, he held his penis in his hand and said to what? me, if I don't get a hard on looking at you, how will my audience? <laughs> wow. That is appalling. Yeah. yeah. During another movie, the director said they should have an extramarital affair. He said that's the special relationship between a director and an actress, and they should milk it. Gross. Yeah, and then he also passed a sexist comment to her. After three months of breastfeeding her child, he was like, what are you doing at a bar? You should be home taking care of your baby. Mm. <laughs> Which is like, uh, Yeah. yeah. Anyway, there's, yeah, she has a few different instances. So she's, I think, been through a lot in her acting career, and I'm glad she's getting, like, a shot at a big role in yeah. sort of, like, a Hollywood a TV series that could be very role. huge. Yeah. 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 yeah, so I'm rooting for her 100%. Yeah, that's good. She is 37 years old. She's 5'5", so she's petite. Yeah, and uh, for those who have read the full series, we're going to be hanging around at the end of the episode. You can download a bonus clip where we're going to be talking about Alana in a little more detail in terms of her arc through the overall series. Then we have her warders. Do you think it's pronounced Ivan or Yvonne? I-H-V-O-N. I, was, I think I was, in my head I always say Yvonne. Yvonne? Yeah. That's what I thought, but I don't remember I always what think Michael of Yvonne as like a female name. Yvonne, so yeah. Ivan, Ivan, Ivan. We'll find out. We will. We sh- we shall see. He's played by uh, Emmanuel Imani. He's British. He's from South London. He's uh, Nigerian. He's been acting since 2013, and you might recognize him from Black Earth Rising on Netflix. He was also in Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. And Andrew, I was wondering if you'd heard of this movie, Criminal. Because I, it came up and I watched the trailer for it and I don't know how I never heard of it because it has Gary Oldman, Kevin Costner, Tommy Lee Jones, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds. Wow. What? And he plays uh, an agent, Agent Butler, who mm-hmm. I guess works opposite Gary Oldman. No. But that was sort of like his... What a cast. Yeah. It must have... It didn't have a high Rotten Tomatoes rating, but I was like, how can this be bad? It has all these people in mm-hmm. it. 
Anything with Gary Oldman is usually like great. Yeah. But I couldn't really find a reel or clips for him, but he is very, very attractive. Yeah, I haven't seen any, any of his work, but um, again, they're all very attractive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet he's got a great butt. Like, they better show us that butt. I don't you think want... he has like a, you know, an Iliad butt or like a Terabomb butt or, <laughs> you know, does, or is it like a really bad farmer, you know, like, no, I mean, butt, Mandar butt? I, I'm just guessing, but because she's from the Borderlands, I bet at least one of her warders is from the Borderlands. Mm. And would have a borderland butt, yeah. which a we borderland said was butt. second to Aiel. So the other <laughs> order is uh, Maxim or Maxim, who will be played by Taylor Napier. He's 30 years old. He's six one. He's from Tennessee. Hmm. He hasn't really been in anything notable that I think we would have heard of. But uh, I did find his reel. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. So we can watch some of it. Is it a sexy reel? Uh, the beginning is... So his hair goes in his eyes. Mm. Yeah, he he looks. You're that guy running for Congress, aren't you? Yeah, I am <laughs> that guy. And judging from your speech, you're not winning. No. It's such a shame. The other guy is such a tool. He is such a tool. I should have made that clear in my campaign ads. Yeah, personally, I think meeting your friends at a college reunion is no big deal. Posted not after from that photo. <laughs> at least not full face. God no. <laughs> That was my favorite moment of your whole campaign. Really? Mm, I should have had you on my team months ago. Yeah, I could help uh, poll test every word that comes out of your mouth before you say it. Oh, you like politicians. I like it when they do stuff I can relate to. Like pull their pants down. I love that. Mm. So do you still have a chance? You crushed me. Don't move around too much. You'll hurt yourself. <coughs> Hablas inglés? Yes. Good. I don't speak Spanish and this is going to be hard enough for you as it is. Who the fuck are you? Name's John. Found you bleeding out about a half mile back. That's pretty tacky. <laughs> Not a great reel. Yeah. Um, so I think this is kind of a big break for him. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, he's playing a warder, which mm -hmm. pretty stoic, a lot of physical training. But we'll see what kind of role they give the actual warders in relation to Alana. Like maybe they're just protectors or maybe they have a more involved sort of relationship. I feel like her warders will. Yeah. But I'm curious because... Uh, like, they're not equals, right? Even though they're in a three-way relationship, the Aes Sedai is superior, so it's a different sort of polyamory. I'm also curious about the relationship between uh, Yvonne and Maxim versus just right. like, oh. her. Right, right, right. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. if it's a three, it's yeah. three ways, it goes always. Mm -hmm. Do they become more important characters later? Because I don't think they're even introduced with her in The Great Hunt. 
Like They're not in them. the Great Hunt. You see them pretty much in their warder role. They don't have uh, POV throughout the other books or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So since we don't know that much about Taylor, I uh, thought we'd talk about what we do know about his relationship with Rafe. Mm-hmm. With a little bit of internet stalking, we know that Rafe and Taylor have been together for at least six years. Nothing confirmed more, but that's how far their Instagram goes back. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They, Travel extensively, so um, just they've been all around the world even before like this production. They eat a lot. They drink a lot of wine. They did an anniversary wine tasting, and Rafe said, Who knew drinking four glasses of wine at 10.30 a.m. was the perfect way to start a day? In parentheses, that ends with you face down in the gravel at noon. When he was in production, he posted, Rafe posted this really cute thing and tagged Taylor. My boyfriend is better than your boyfriend because I came home after weeks of sleepless nights having the sun blast into my eyeballs from our windows at 5 a.m. And he'd somehow installed blackout curtains in the space between windows. How do you even do that? My love has never been so great. Wow. So, yeah, they're, they're so cute. They are really cute. So that's Alana and her orders. I like it. I think we covered it. All right, next up we're gonna talk about visuals and channeling. So we talked a little bit about special effects. I did wanna give a quick update. We have a new special effects technician, Miroslav Presektal. He's worked for Carnival Row, Spider-Man Far From Home, and Anthropoid. Far From Home, like the like the pet movie? Spider-Man Far From Home oh, is the oh, newest oh, in oh, the Spider-Man you. franchise. I just Lauren. <laughs> I also wanted to go back to something Rafe said back when he did a Q&A, just in terms of visuals. He said, you have to be considering at all stages of the process, making a show is about making the right choices to deliver the best thing to screen. And so I'm already considering props versus special effects versus makeup versus VFX for everything. Regardless of budget, I'll make sure that we are only executing on-screen things that look as good as those other shows do. The smaller the budget, the less of those things, but I think it's important that the entire show feel real grounded and premium. So today I did want to focus on channeling and the magical elements because I do think the magic system is a bit different from other magic systems that we've seen in shows. I mean, Game of Thrones doesn't really have one. We've seen things like The Witcher, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, where there's some sort of like spell casting, either with wands or without wands. But specifically talking about channeling with weaves of the one power i wonder sometimes you know in the magicians how they do like they do how they do like hand like choreographed hand Mm -hmm. movements yeah movements yeah they have their own sign language hand movements that go with the it's more i think they have like sacred geometry and movements that go with the casting sometimes like when you see them doing it you can see the line like you can see the lines that they're drawing Mm -hmm. in the show i wonder if it'll be when you see the weaves like you know weaves of earth will be you know, different like a color. cat's cradle sort of, yeah, like yeah. of lights yeah. within yeah. your hands. Yeah, like if you'll just see like wisps right. of like light. I feel like I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a visual effects guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have um, the type of mind that would be really thinking about what this might look like. You know, um, but for me, like I've always 
envisioned it a certain way and I would not want to see it the way I envisioned it in my mind on screen because I think it would look cheesy. In my mind, it's fine. It's like, okay, cool. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I'm seeing. Sometimes when they talk about weaves, it's like, this is a thick rope. Like, right, this is right. like seven weaves, like, <laughs> weave woven together. Totally. yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, a thick rope of a, yeah, of a yeah. weave. Well, so I was thinking of the question about showing versus not showing. Uh-huh. Just to remind everyone, there's the five. There's air, earth, spirit, water, and fire. And I started to think about point of view because unless there's someone there um, who can, see I agree. can channel, yeah. they can see the flows. If there's not, if it's not that person's point of view, or there's not someone else there that can channel Sadar or Sadin, depending who it is, then... I, I don't think you should be able to see the flows. You know, the audience shouldn't be able to see it. Yeah. But if it's Maureen's point of view, I mean, I think will that, they show it? Like, can they? Will they show what she's doing? Right. I mean, I think it, it will depend. I don't know, like how easily they're going to be able to necessarily, since all the characters in a sense mm-hmm. are all important. Yeah. How easily they're going to be able to express whose point of view it is mm-hmm. in any particular shot. Yeah, I actually had this a similar idea question like wondering like okay how many weaves or how much weaving will we actually see in season mm-hmm. one or mm-hmm. whatever because of that because they're such novices at least the main characters yeah but yeah i mean i guess my point is that i would like to see the weaves like the visual effects um increase in complexity as we understand how channeling works and mm-hmm. there's a kind of a progression in complexity as we go through the books and we like okay these are the things that can be done these are the people who can see what's done and those things mm-hmm. yeah um, I did find a Q&A with Robert Jordan where he talks about channeling. And he said, to the channeler, the flows seem to originate in his or her very immediate vicinity, not emanating from themselves. Although to another channeler, those flows do seem to be emanating from the person who's channeling. The latter is the actual case, as the one power is passing through the channeler. One of the reasons for individual limits on how much of the power a particular person can handle. And you have seen characters react as if to a blow from having a flow snapped or cut. Mm -hmm. A channeler sees the flows as colored very faintly, according to which of the five powers is involved. Red equals fire, blue equals water, green equals earth, yellow equals air, and white equals spirit. Although the feel of the flows are also very different to a channeler, so that a channeler can tell one from another without actually seeing them. Hmm. So I, I was starting to think of that in terms of like colored flows because it could look terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that's my fear. <laughs> I think most of the time I was trying to think. Um, uh, and I was thinking about Harry Potter uh, when Harry versus Voldemort, when they have their wand oh. duels, you see like flows of power. They're like red and green. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot about that. But if you didn't see it, you would just see them uh, like standing, <sighs> pointing at each yeah. other, which they do talk about throughout the books. Like if there's a duel between yeah. channelers to anyone else, it just looks like they're staring at right. each other. It works for the Harry Potter movies and the ecology of that, but for something like this, it could take me out of it. I mean, to me, as an, I don't, this might change later in the books, but as a new reader, like the magic system doesn't seem super, it seems very fluid to me. It doesn't seem super consistent and well-defined. Like if you look at something like Harry Potter, you have to have wands and you have these certain words that you speak to, to do magic. Or like Lord of the Rings, they have staves or whatever and they're casting these spells. Whereas in 
real time so far, to me, there's a huge gamut of like how visible and powerful effects are. Everything from like invisibly making a horse be able to run faster to like growing yourself as big of, as a wall to like shooting lightning and fire out of the sky. In the first two books, people aren't really like doing as, at least it's not described like hand gestures or uh, speaking certain magical words. So it seems like magic can do a, a huge amount of stuff. And it's not clear to me like what you have to do to make it happen. Like you can just do it without by thinking about it. Maybe. It's it's weaving it, and I think as I mean I disagree because I think actually a Harry Potter system is a very soft magic system. There's almost no rules at all, and they can just like make up spells and do anything. I think as you go on through Wheel of Time, they define it, but because in the first two books you just see like little snippets of what the power can do and you don't have like an encompassing view but as it goes on it does like explain pretty clearly you know how you embrace the power how you control it if you're using angrial saw angrial or turangrial to like help and i think it has to do with the power so like they use their hands the hand movements aren't necessary but they're like provide a focus for them to like shape what they're doing as they're like weaving strands of the five elements i guess so it's like how they combine the five different powers dictates what they can do if that makes sense yeah i would agree i think i do having engaged with all three of those universes i do find wheel of time again as you said like you haven't read as much but in the end i find wheel of time to be the the most um well-defined magic system of the three because there are limits to what what can be done like there, there's a caveat to that but everyone has their limit of, of what they can and cannot do which is which is clearly stated yeah. so i think that's that's pretty but i think your your point of view makes sense andrew because yeah. in the first two books it's the least defined and because you're just getting like glances of what the pat like a running the gamut of right. what the one power can do Versus they, they like build that repertoire. And I think once the girls go to the White Tower too, you start to learn yeah. a little bit more like the fundamentals. So I think, and that's kind of what my point was about like wanting the way magic is represented on, on screen to be representative of the reading experience of understanding the one power as you mm-hmm. read through the books. Right? Yeah. Um, that was kind of my point. Yeah. And I know we talked about Moraine growing really tall and, and walking over the wall. That weave is called Mirror of Mists, which is like an optical illusion. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have any uh, passages that you wanted to share that are examples of the one power? Boop, boop, boo. Let me find my passage. They galloped through a tatter of fog, thin and no higher than the horse's knee. Cloud the horse. Cloud sped through it in two strides and Ram blinked, wondering if he had imagined it. Surely the night was too cold for fog. Another patch of ragged gray whisked by them to one side larger than the first. It had been growing, as if the mist oozed from the ground. Above them the dread car screamed in rage. Fog enveloped the riders for a brief moment and was gone, came again and vanished behind. The icy mist left a chilled dampness on Rand's face and hands, then a wall of pale gray loomed away from the icy fog. Knowing that Moraine could do things, even seeing her do them was one thing. Having those things leave his skin damp was something else again. 
So her. So I guess it doesn't. Fog. Yeah, it doesn't really like give a description of of the weave. And I feel like um, is that what you were looking for in passages? Yeah, I think that's great because one thing I was thinking about is you have these the five elemental like flows, the five flows, and a lot of times I don't think you need to see the weave. I think you just need to see the result, right? Mm-hmm. Like the result is fog. If they're throwing fire, you're gonna see fire. If you're trapping someone in air or something, I'm really do I need to see air. the weave? I could just see that person like going you know, up in air. So I'm curious. I do think they will show flows to some extent, but I hope it's not cheesy. I don't think it will be cheesy. I think it'll be really, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It might date it though. Yeah. Because I guess like the Harry Potter was really dated. I never thought of the Harry Potter seeing like the stuff come out of the end of the wand was cheesy, but I guess Well, it's like that uh, Star Wars lightsaber moment, you know, where they're like locking powers and whatever. To me, as a new reader, one of the coolest parts in the first two books is when Rand tries to use the the pillar thing to transport them, and he screws it all up. Oh, the portal oh, stone. Yeah, the portal stone, stone. Yeah. yeah. But like that part, to me, really impressed how powerful it is mm-hmm. because they're living all these different, like, separate lives through his. Not just how powerful how powerful Rand is, as well as how much you can do with the one power. Because mm-hmm. that's nuts to like have all these separate sort of, I guess, alternate dimension realities that they live through during this time. And then he messes up and sends them, like, way several months past where they're supposed to be. Yeah. So... Flicker, flicker, flicker. Yeah, that part is cool. Yeah, that's good. I love that part. Visually, it could be interesting. But I, I don't think they need to show any one power during it, right? Uh, I mean, they could... They, I guess they would have the choice, like, mm-hmm. of when they want to introduce that. Because I, I had the same thought as you, as... In terms of, as an audience member, I would want, as an audience member who knows what's coming, mm-hmm. I would want to start seeing the flows once we get to the tower. Mm-hmm. Once the girls hit the tower, then, like, mm-hmm. they start seeing it, so we start seeing it. Right? Yeah. I think that would make the most yeah. sense. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Right. And it kind of adds another element to the show. People are like, oh, we can see shit now. Cool, right? Yeah. And I guess, like I said, I think you'd see more channeling flows when there's more channelers around. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Eye of the World, there's pretty much marine, so we might just see the result of it. Because mm-hmm. um, Egwene is too new, she can't see the flows. Yeah. Do you think they'll keep the story linear? Like, what if the I know, like, the, they say the opening shot is like Pad and Fane going in to the two rivers in the village. Yeah. Like, we know that much. But what if, like, from Egwene's POV, like, it starts, I don't know, in the White Tower, and then like it's just flashbacks? I know you hate flashbacks. I hate Jamie. flashbacks. I do think no. Moraine and the Emmons Fielders will be linear. You think it would be very linear? I think maybe they could do a Witcher type thing with like Oh my god, showing... that was so confusing. <laughs> In the Witcher, there's a couple, there's like three different storylines happening and they all converge at the end, but you realize that one of them is happening like 30, some of it's happening 30 years in the yeah. past and it brings you up to present But they all day. look the same. I don't think there would need to be that sort of discrepancy, but I I mean, maybe they can show us some stuff with Logan, but I think for the most part, that's going to be linear. Oh yeah, so the reason that I picked that part of the book is because it's the first time to me as a new reader that I, uh, that I understood how powerful magic in this world was. And in that portion of the book, Rand is actually like, entering alternate realities which made me understand that you you can use the one power to like bend time and space and which also has sort of like a science fiction element like there's sci-fi elements to this Mm -hmm. 
like quantum mechanics elements. Yeah, like alternate realities or worlds that were. No, I think that's a good point, and I think uh, there's an argument that Wheel of Time is, in fact, sci-fi, like high fantasy sci-fi, because of that, because there are parallel universes and the the fact that a lot of what occurred in the Age of Legends could arguably just be technology. Yeah. Um, that yeah. Was lost, yeah. Right. So there is a, there's a strong there's a strong argument for that for sure. Do you think we're currently living in the Age of Legends? I hope not. Oh. This is really, no. really grim if it is. <laughs> no. No, really not. You don't think so? I think this is like the breaking. <laughs> we're about to break. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We're headed toward the time of madness. <laughs> the time of madness is nigh. <laughs> we're not already in it. Or the other, and the other thing I wanted to mention that I think could be cool visually in the show is the way that I said I can sense each other, which like sense their powers. Yeah, which reminds me almost of uh, another fantasy series that I really like called Highlander. But like, uh, there can only be one. It would be cool. I don't know how, but you, I think they see each other's auras, right? Like they feel each other. So I think that could be a cool segment in the show. Like <laughs> two that don't know about each other and like. Oh, like beta fish? I feel a tingle. There's another yeah, eyes to die so, around. It's so subtle. Like if they're not channeling the, their experience, they can recognize each other like like gaydar. So I wonder how <laughs> they, they do it. Eyes to die dar? Sadar. Sadar. Another thing I was really interested in, when you're reading it the first time, maybe Andrew, you can confirm this. When you're reading this the first time, it's it seems important maybe, or at least interesting. But on second readings, it seems... It's very significant, which is right before Rand and his makeshift party reach Kyrian, and he sees the sphere sticking out of the ground, and he has that interaction with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that's really, it's a really interesting thing, um, and I really would like to see, like, it's not really channeling, but it has to do with it. Power. Yeah. It's, like, overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm really curious about that. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they, I feel like they could do a lot with sound. Yeah, I don't know. Like as like a feeling because I feel like he's getting like flooded or like overwhelmed. Yeah. I, I think that's how like I said a... I would sense each other. Like there's a certain hum in the air, like around someone. Hmm. No, like magnets. <laughs> I don't know. Just like I don't like 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 sounds. bats with sonar. No, like singing yeah. bowl sounds. Like mm. you know, like people give off a certain pitch. Yeah, like some sort and of resonance. And you hear it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they would represent that. I think just glaring. It's like a <laughs> yeah. sharp turn of the head and mm -hmm. we're like, yeah. What does it look like if you're not Aes Sedai? It's, you it don't see anything, like anything, right? anything, no. So they obviously can't do that. That would well, be super I think they, boring for people watching. Well, they see the result of it, right? right? Yeah. So yeah. I think there's a lot of instances where they don't have to show it. Also, like Min's yeah. visions, like how she sees things floating. The auras. Yeah. yeah that, could, that like I can see that in my mind pretty clearly in a way that I think Do you think it'll look tacky, though? I don't think so. You don't I think, think it so? could look really good. I feel like we've seen things like that before. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to figure out as a new reader what the rules of the magic system are, which it sounds like they get much better defined later on. Yeah, Once I, think, in the White I mean, Tower. It's, I don't think it's ever going to be laid out for you, like in yeah. the way that maybe you're looking for. But you you glean what the rules are through the course of reading the books. I mean, that's kind of cool to me too. Like Min doesn't seem like she's Aes Sedai. I don't know. She's got a whole other thing going on. Mm -hmm. Perrin has a whole other thing going on. Mm -hmm. Then there are weird talents within the Aes Sedai, like more um, Egwene. I think maybe can dream mm -hmm. either the future or portents or something like that, which mm -hmm. is cool. But it seems like there's a lot of different 
layers and types yeah. of powers. It's really, it's like a magical world where it just has those layers. Yeah, there know, are different talents. And... Yeah, for sure. Do they ever become defined or categorized? Like Perrin is part of a special group that can talk to animals, or is it more just like this is a thing that happens? Perrin is a rare talent from like even before yeah, the age really of old. legends. So like they're like, oh, old talents come again. So I think it's because <clears throat> the end of the an of age is because the end of an age is nearing. Talents are reemerging before. Like Rand is born, pretty much. There's not really many like people who can talk to wolves. There's hasn't been anyone who could dreamwalk for six hundred years or something before that, like two thousand years. So like all that stuff is actually pretty rare and not common in the world. But like pretty much just channel normal female channeling was left until you know now that the dragon's been reborn, all this like crazy shit is happening again. They're stirring the pot. Yeah. Tarbaran. Yeah, or like which seems to be this other totally different thing. Oh, yeah. It's not Mm -hmm. an Aes Sedai. So I don't know. Is it just like magical powers that emerge within the population that aren't necessarily being able to cast or channel the one power or the weave? I think what it comes down to is that like not every supernatural thing that occurs in the book has to do with the one power. Mm -hmm. Like there are other sources or ways that things have come about. Some of them do, some of them don't have to do with the one power. I'm just curious if yeah, that gets totally. like defined later on, or if it's more just left open-ended. I think it's left not open-ended. It's just like this is a world of organic magic. So these things are like naturally occurring anomalies, and then the channeling system is like pretty firm. I don't think they go crazy because it's not like... Uh, everyone's a vampire and everyone's a werewolf and now there's a fairy vampire. It's not like True Blood where it just like goes off the rails or something like that. Yeah. Or like I'm trying to figure out what the deal is with the Sanchan who can collar Aes Sedai but aren't Aes Sedai themselves. Like they that they explain. Oh, yeah, that's okay. yes. yeah, that's explained. So keep reading. You learn all about the Shanchan and how they do all their shit. I wanted to talk about my favorite. In the first book, my favorite moment of channeling is when they leave Berlan and um, and they're forced to go to uh, Shatter Logoth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of trapped. So I'm going to read this passage. It's pretty long. The Madral's black swords rose as one. Trollocs boiled down the slope, thick, triumphant cries rising, catchpoles bobbing above the, as they ran. Moraine climbed down from Aldib's back. Calmly, she removed something from her pouch, unwrapped it. Ran glimpsed dark ivory, the Angriel. With Angriel in one hand and staff in the other, the Aes Sedai set her feet, facing the onrushing Trollocs and the Fade's black swords, raised her staff high, and stabbed it down into the earth. The ground rang like an iron kettle struck by a mallet. The hollow clang dwindled, faded away. For an instant, then, it was silent. Everything was silent. The wind died. The Trollocs' cries stilled. Even their charge forward slowed and stopped. For a heartbeat, everything waited. Slowly, the dull ringing returned changed to a low rumble, growing until the earth moaned. The ground trembled beneath clouds' hooves. This was Aes Sedai work like the stories told about. Rand wished he were a hundred miles away. The tremble became a shaking that set the trees around them quivering. The grace stumbled and nearly fell. Even Mandarb and riderless Aldib staggered as if drunk. And those who rode had to cling to reins and manes, to anything to keep their seats. The Aes Sedai still stood as she had begun, holding the Angriel and her upright staff thrust into the hilltop. And neither she nor the staff moved an inch for all that ground shook and shivered around her. 
Now the ground rippled, springing out in front of them, springing out from in front of her staff, lapping towards the Trollocs like ripples in a pond, ripples that grew as they ran, toppling old bushes, flinging dead leaves into the air, growing, becoming waves of earth, rolling towards the Trollocs. Trees in the hollows lashed like switches in the hands of small boys. On the far slope, Trollocs fell in heaps, tumbled over and over by the raging earth. Yet, as if the ground were not rearing all around them, the Madral moved forward in a line, their dead black horses never missing a step, every hoof in unison. Trollocs rolled on the ground all about the black steeds, howling and grabbing at the hillside that heaved them up. But the Madral came slowly on. Moraine lifted her staff, and the earth stilled, but she was not done. She pointed to the hollow beneath the hills, and flame gouted from the ground, a fountain twenty feet high. She flung her arms wide, and the fire raced to left and right, as, the, as far as the eye could see, spreading into a wall separating humans and Trollocs. The heat made Rand put his hands in front of his face, even the hilltop. The Madral's black mounts, whatever strange powers they had, screamed at the fire, reared and fought their riders as the Madral beat at them, trying to force them through the flames. Blood and ashes, Matt said faintly. Rand nodded numbly. <laughs> yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. Also, I think it's an example of the magic system because... Women aren't as strong in fire and earth, and that's when Moraine's extremely weakened after, exactly. which is why Matt can cause havoc in Chatterlogoth. Yeah. So I think I think it's a it's a fun scene, but I think the consequences, which is mm-hmm. actually the next line, um, she staggered and weaved after after that after performing both of those things. It shows like kind of the limits, you know, mm-hmm. that you can push it too far. Yeah. I also think fire and earth are the easiest to show without necessarily showing leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, healing would be weird to show. Healings? Yeah. We should talk about that. that that'd be cool. Before we move on, though, like, earth magic, um, having just watched The Witcher on Netflix, I think they do a pretty good job with earth magic. There's yeah. some similar scenes to that where people, like, kind of put their hands to the ground and... Yeah. And make the earth do what they want like mm-hmm. there's one scene where he's like lying on his back and he kind of like bangs the ground oh, and that totally falls i feel like that's more air because he's on stones not mm-hmm. like the ground but i think the women do earth magic in that one yeah yeah let's talk about healing i feel like healing wouldn't be difficult to show simply because it would be all in the person mending. being healed yeah like i mean yeah you would you can you've show seen mending you've seen mending, mending yeah. wounds before like we've seen that in special effects mm-hmm. before but like i think most of the showing of healing is just in the person who's being healed yeah like mm-hmm. look like throw some ice water on them and that's yeah plus the name's like. gonna be just covering it up with herbs anyway but <laughs> it's like take the herbs off magic <laughs> you're healed there you go i wonder if alana will use her weaves for like sex magic like yes. yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah I mean, I don't need to see a whole scene, obviously, but, like, a hint of a scene. Like, oh, did, was she just doing, like, Did she just give a what, hand you know? job? Like, was yeah, she, right? Like, did she just weave a hand job? <laughs> she's, like, whipping your bottom with the air while yeah. she's, she can, like, spank you while she's going down on you. That'd oh, be great. Is, yeah. That's crazy. That's good. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, the best thing to come from Amazon's Wheel of Time show is the porn parodies that we're going to get. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the show. Yeah. Oh, I, I pray for it. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Again, check out the bonus where we'll talk about Alana in spoiler vision. But thanks, guys. Tune in next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. 
You can learn more about us at ranlandtv.com and follow us in social.